I hope you enjoy the upcoming content that we'll have for you on today's episode. I think you'll get quite a bit out of it. And know that today's episode is brought to you by the Swim Master Melody Course at successwithmusic.com. If you are in the songwriting game, if you are in the production game, make sure you understand what it takes to create a melody before you get to mastering and mixing and all that man it all starts with a powerful melody check it out today it is absolutely worth the investment the swim master melody course at successwithmusic.com hey let's get to the show this is swim success with music Yo, what's up, music people? This is Walt. This is Success With Music. I am your music coach. Your missed most of the Super Bowl watcher. Your, if you are an Eagles fan, I wouldn't feel secure about that trophy until I got all the way back to the locker after the game. And for those who do not follow American football, just know that the New England Patriots could come back even after the game is over. I'm just saying. Anyhow, uh, let's dive in for today. Yo, this is Walt again. This is Success With Music. This is a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, beat makers, students. Yo, we are about that music life. Hey, so I want to get into our topic in just a few moments for today, and we will be discussing making more money with music. That's always an awesome thing. I want to bring some lessons to the show that I had to put into practice recently, and I feel that it will help you generate more income if you're out there selling your your music. So yeah, we'll get to that in just a moment. But it is the top of the show, and I always like to start with some fun and interesting facts. So today will be a little music trivia for you. I'm going to give you three facts about music that you may be unaware of. These facts today come from a website called knowable.com. That's K-N-O-W-A-B-L-E.com, knowable.com. All right, so here are the three music facts. Did you know that listening to music has the potential to have a small but significant impact on athletic performance? Did you know that? Uh, I don't know about you, but when I go to the gym, uh, yeah, I got to have something pretty strong playing through my my headphones like on 10 because I need all the motivation I can get while, uh, you know, trying to get my, uh, my, my, my diesel and sweat on at the gym. So yeah, music actually helps increase performance. I actually heard a study about this. I forget what the, what the percentages are, but that's a real thing. So yeah, whenever I forget my headphones, uh, when I go to the gym, I'm totally deflated and just want to turn back and go home. I think I may have done that once. In the times that I stayed, man, it, it was just a struggle without having uh, my, my beats playing. So, and not beats by Dre, just, you know, my beats. Anyhow, let's move on to the next fact. This one is from The Real Slim Shady. Eminem 
how many hours before the final cut was due to the record company? How many hours do you believe Slim Shady was put together before it was submitted to the record company? Way back in the day. Was it like 24 hours, 48 hours? What do you think? In actuality, it was submitted three hours before the final cut was due to be submitted to the record company. So, man, looks like that last minute jam um, proved to be pretty successful for Eminem. All right. Let's go on to our last music fact for today. And this is something kind of crazy, and that's why I want to get into our main topic. It relates to money and music. I want you to think about this. For every $1,000 in music sold, the average musician, now get this, will make $23.40. They put that in their pocket once it's all said and done. Think, think about what I just said as uh, think about what I just said here for this music fact for every one thousand dollars, one grand of your music that's sold. They're saying that the average musician out there will only pocket twenty three dollars and 40 cents of that. That is absolutely bananas. If you run the math on this now, this is really where it gets crazy. If your band, if your group. Let's say, see, you guys see $1 million in gross revenue. Let's say you put your tracks out there, um, you go tour, uh, you sell stuff online, you get licensing deals or whatever. They're saying that, according to the averages, if you sold $1 million of music, you only pocket $23,400. What kind of craziness is that? Think about it. You go from $1 million in sales to only putting $23,400 in your pocket. Madness. Yeah, so given that last fact, man, we got to figure out a way to make some more money with music. That's just crazy. I I wish I I knew the, the backstory for the math. That's just discouraging. And I'm wondering if that's something... If these uh, averages come from working with major labels and they have, I don't know, their marketing department and and lawyer fees and on all that stuff, man, that's just psycho. All right. Anyhow, our main topic for the day is about music and making more money with your music. And I covered this subject. This was covered back in episode 25. And we talked about four ways to make money with music. That's episode 25. Today, I'm going to deal with a different aspect of making money. Again, that episode that I just alluded to, uh, episode 25, was just uh, giving you four different avenues to make money with music. Today, I want to deal with whatever avenue you happen to choose, how to maximize your earning with that avenue. All right. So I'm going to give you four major things that you should keep in mind when trying to generate more money Squeeze more juice out of that lemon, man. If you were, if we're looking at those percentages that I just gave you a second ago, making 23 bucks for every thousand dollars sold, man, we, we got to get those averages up. All right. So let me start with the first one here. So I'm going to talk about a specific avenue right now today, uh, as we get started, but don't focus too hard on that. Uh, just focus on the lesson 
within this avenue that I'm going to point out for you. All right. So that's the groundwork. So I just had a, uh, a brand new client show up a couple of weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago. This happened to be with the music marketing avenue, meaning jingle. So I wrote a jingle for a client. I helped them brand their uh, their new ad campaign out in Chicago. So again, you can go back to episode 25 to hear more about how to make money with jingles. But I would just want to lay out the avenue that I went down here to to get to my first point. Now, mind you, I, th- this project is all about creating music for someone else my client, as I just alluded to, I'm not making music for my personal repertoire. I'm not making music for my artists. I'm not making music for anything that has to do with something that I want to put my name on per se. I'm literally selling a product to someone else. In this instance, again, it's a jingle. Now, the client came to me and said, hey, we want to have our music do X, Y, and Z. And they gave me a a whole bunch of examples out there of of things that they liked. And I'm like, oh, cool. I can go and tackle this for you, no problem. But as a musician, I went into this project thinking that, you know what? I am going to make it incredibly creative. I'm going to make it like cutting edge. Because in the jingle world, quite frankly, you'll have some stuff out there that sounds kind of old school and hokey and whatever. I wanted to create it in modern, sweet sound for this client completely blow them away in the Chicago market, which is a pretty uh, big um, city to have your advertising um, air essentially. Now I created a sound for this client. I was incredibly happy with, man, I got some new plugins for my uh, digital audio uh, workstation. I had some new soft synths. I was pretty happy with all of this modern, clean, crisp sound, but guess what? The client was not feeling it at all. And I couldn't, well, let me back up. I was going to say I couldn't understand this, but I've been down this road before. At the moment, I had like temporary amnesia. I'm like, what is happening? Why is it that this client does not like what I'm providing? What they're going to get in terms of their sound far surpasses the competition out there in terms of the product itself, meaning music marketing or, or music for branding purposes. But... As I got into this project, I remember a lesson that I learned a long time ago. It's really not about what I want as a musician because they are a paying client. They are asking me to do what they want me to do, which is this old school sound of which they gave me examples of in the beginning. So against my better music judgment or creative judgment, I dumbed down my music. Yeah, I hate to say that, but I mean, it's true. I simply gave them what they were looking for. They weren't paying me to be creative, which sounds crazy as a musician to say that. They were simply paying me to create music for the commercial that they felt comfortable with. So that's today's lesson. If you're looking to make more money as a musician and someone's paying you for that music, you have to create what they deem as good, not what you deem as good. And those things can be very, very, very far apart. All right. Let me go on. Let me go on to the next point. I mentioned that the client sent me a whole bunch of like video clips, like YouTube links or whatever for things that they like. They say, hey, you know what? We like this sound. Hey, this company has this for their marketing. Hey, we like that stuff. 
The reason why I bring this up is I got in trouble with this client with my vocals, meaning I created some vocal tracks and stacked some vocals, did some harmonies, harmonies and things like that. Again, I thought they were sweet. The client came back and says, ah, you know what? We don't like the vocals. And the problem sometimes, and this is kind of a side note, when you're dealing with clients who are not musical, it's really tough to get feedback. So, for instance, I use a gal that has a a deep, raspy voice. All right. So the client comes back and says, yeah, the vocals, they're all high and really like really like thin and squeaky. And I'm thinking that is nowhere near what I gave you. But I realized there were some harmony choices and things like that that gave them the impression that this person had some kind of high voice. They, they really didn't. But when I went back to the original links they sent me for these other examples, there was just a whole bunch of dudes singing in these jingles, these old, burly sounding guys. Anyhow, I'm, I'm going to leave that alone. It just sounded cheesy. I mean, these guys really weren't vocalists. It was more like a like 50 guys just chanting random marketing messages in a large room. That's what it sounded like to me. It just sounded like a a, a crazy mob kind of singing like they're marching. I don't know, in some weird army or something. It, It just sounded crazy. Again, the point is, yeah, you know, wasn't my preference. But when I heard this over and over again in the various links, I realized, oh, all the females that I would choose for this track would seem high for them. They essentially wanted a guy to sing the vocals. And I'm thinking, why don't you just say that? But again, sometimes when people hear music and they're trying to talk about music they're hearing and they're not musicians, they say some of the craziest things. The point being is try to get your potential customer to send you audio clips or links to things that they like. And if you can, just dissect the similarities between the tracks, if you have multiple examples. Uh, In my case, I did. All right, so let's move on to point number three. One thing that really, really helped me to uh, convince my client to kind of move down the the, the production and, and the songwriting process I started to explain all of the things that I was doing. So I'm going to jump back to my previous point as I've been doing today. Now, in my previous point, I mentioned I'm dealing with a client who is not musical. They don't know music theory. They didn't take lessons. They're just a business person. Now, as a musician, what I'm doing as I'm composing music for this client, I am telling them specifically, this is why I have put that here, or this is why I use a specific melody, or this is why I use this instrumentation. This is why I use this tempo. And I explain what those things are in layman's terms or in common uh, vernacular so that they can understand it. But the point being is that this client started to get the impression that I wasn't just randomly throwing music together, but it was being done thoughtfully. Now, in this specific avenue that I went down, meaning the jingle world, it's really important to have some marketing logic behind what you're doing, but this can be applicable to any area. If you're creating, I don't know, a piece for uh, a theatrical purpose, or if you're creating music for um, an artist, you you want to explain to the person that is going to be taking the music why you went down that process. 
or why you went down that creative path. So again, my client didn't agree with everything, but again, they understood my rationale for creating the way that I did. Now, when I did this, it started to give this client some confidence that I actually knew what I was doing. Everything from the key choice, from the tempo, the melody structure, why I omitted certain instruments, why I included certain instruments, why I spaced certain things out, the enunciation, why I chose to emphasize certain words over the other. It started to really paint the picture like, whoa, all right, so this guy is not just randomly creating music, as I just said, but he is an expert. And that's really the point. When you explain it that way, you become the music expert. You become the producer. You become the the consummate songwriter because you're explaining your technique and your method to someone in a way that they could, they can understand. Don't speak over their head. Start don't start using words like decrescendo and whatever. You know all this other stuff that they're not going to get. Speak in terms that they can understand, but help them to kind of see into your world just a bit. That will also substantiate why they're paying you. So when my client heard all this stuff, he's like, whoa, dude, you're the expert. And he felt good about paying me that money. All right, let's move on to our fourth and final point for this segment here. I finally finished the project for this particular client. Everything went well, and I made some minor adjustments to that music that I mentioned in the beginning, though, that that uh, I thought was pretty uh, sweet music track. I kind of edited down a bit and kind of, I hate to say this, but dumbed it down just a bit, and he was completely fine with it. Now, he went ahead and paid me by a credit card. It was awesome. Now, here's the thing. I made my money. He he uh, paid with credit card. I saw my little my little email notification saying that I've been paid thousands of dollars for just a few seconds of music. This jingle here. Good to go. Now, several days later, I get a call from people that that's working with this particular client of mine that just recently paid. And they said, hey, by the way, for this music you created, we are also looking for a modified version of something that you've already created and that the clients pay for. In theory, according to my contract, I didn't owe this client this additional music segment or piece. I gave them everything that was promised. But what I did is I actually went the extra mile, sat down in my music studio here and just created these extra segments as a favor to this client. Now, you may be asking, how in the world is this making me money when I've already collected my money? It's in my hand. I didn't have to do an extra thing for this client whatsoever. I was done. I'm bringing this up to teach you a lesson and and to bring out a principle. This is um, an example of over-delivering. If you ever heard this phrase, it says, under promise, over deliver. In this instance, I over-delivered. I went above and beyond for this client. I did not have to do that. And he was appreciative. Now, again, what does this have to do with making money? It has to do with your credibility and longevity in whatever industry or area you happen to be working in. When I say industry, like what avenue you decide to pursue, whether you're producing music for an artist or you're producing music for film, for commercials in my example, or or, or whatever. Because I over-deliver, this guy becomes my quasi-marketing department. He becomes someone that's going to give me 
just really good reviews down the road. The interesting thing is this guy showed up at my doorstep, so to speak, because someone else recommended him to me. So clearly I made an impression on someone. I went above and beyond for someone else. As a result, they referred this guy to me and I wound up making again a few thousand bucks for creating a jingle. Now I treat this guy with respect. I'm professional and I go above and beyond. Guess what's going to happen? He's going to mention me to other people. And I've had clients start other businesses and they keep calling me like, hey, Walt, I'm starting a new business. I need you to make music for this one, this one, this one, this one. So doing more than what's asked actually helps you get more money. It creates a marketing department for you to where you're not even thinking about it, but people are now calling you. It's all about that referral game. All right. So those are the four points today. Let's go ahead and um, move into our bonus tip of the day as, as I'm calling it. And this bonus tip is sponsored by the book Jingle Money. I think it's appropriate that I just talked about jingles that at least point you to how I actually generated uh, a few thousand bucks with a few seconds of music. You can find all of this information in the book called Jingle Money. You can actually find this book on Amazon and wherever else books are sold, but Amazon is pretty much the easiest place to pick it up. So yeah, check it out. The book is called Jingle Money. It's an easy read. It shows you step-by-step things about this music marketing world and how you can make money, thousands of dollars right there at your home, right there, right there at your uh, small studio, just by a few seconds of music. And I literally give you step-by-step stuff. This, this is not pie in the sky, nebulous, unclear information. It's literally spelled out. I even give you like a sample contract in the book. I talk about how you should price your, your, your product, where you can sell it, who's buying it, the whole nine yards, man, check it out. It's called Jingle Money. All right, enough of that. Let's move into our bonus tip of the day. I'm going to share with you a major secret in selling your music. So let's rewind the story just a bit, right? So I just told you about client calls me. They want music. They want me to put it together for them. I go ahead and I do that. Here's the trick that I want to tell you about today, or here's the little bonus tip I want to give you. Whenever you are selling your music to someone else, an artist, as I mentioned, or to a producer, in my case, to a business. When you create that music and send it to that client, you create, let's say, your first draft. They say, hey, this is what I want. They articulate to you. Hey, this is what I imagine it's sounding like. Go ahead and try to create that. And when you send that draft to them or you send that sample or you send you know, that little melody, I encourage you to make it a part of your policy that that customer, they must, before ever responding to you about what they think or changes they want to make, that they absolutely must listen to your track at least 10 times in a row before coming back to you with any feedback. Let me repeat. Make it a policy of yours when you're selling music to make sure that your customer listens to your music 10 times in a row before they can come back and offer feedback. Here's the reason why I'm saying this. and I'm going to go fast here because our time is almost out today. When you hear a song over and over and over again, it grows on you. 
right? I'm not sure about you. There have been songs like new songs that have uh, dropped on the radio, and I'm thinking, I hate this song. I don't know why it's there. I don't know why everyone's raving about this song. But after you hear it a couple of times, it's like, ah, it's growing on me. The same is true for you. If you force a client into hearing your music over and over again, even though they may not like it at first, it grows on them after time. This particular client, my very first version that I sent to them, they liked it. They didn't like all the the modern music around it, but that melody it stuck with them. So I just had to dumb down the music just a bit, but the melody itself, the very first one, that's the one they wound up using. Even though we tried some other stuff along the way, they came back to that very first version because the first version stuck. It grew and everything afterwards became like a fake to them. So encourage your clients to listen to your music repetitively before offering feedback. And man, if you do that, you will close that sale. You will make more money and you will be more successful in this music game. I hope you enjoyed this episode today. Do us a huge favor. Give us a a review on iTunes and follow this program by subscribing and do us a bigger favor. Do yourself a bigger favor. Share this podcast with your band members, your music people, your mama, your, okay, whatever, anybody that you know. Hey, we appreciate it. We'll catch you on that next episode. Old. I know there's gotta be a better way for me in this life.